Hello, hello, hello there, beautiful people. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back for another episode of Smart Mouth Scorpio Podcast. Yes, I know this episode is late and my apologies. Last week was just, (laughs) all of last week was just a lot. A lot. I'd recorded the episode and everything, thought I was saving it. It did not upload, meaning it did not save. So I was unable to edit and upload. I didn't get a chance to record again. It is really hard to get to a place where you record, especially when you're recording at home. So my apologies. Trust, I was stressed about it. But I had to tell myself, you can't stress about it because you can't change it. So all you can do is look forward to recording when you get a chance to record again. And so that is essentially what I did. And I tried to just focus on what I what was in my control and what is in my control. And so please forgive me for for the absence. My apologies. I got it. I don't know what happened. I did everything that I was supposed to do when I was recording. So I don't know. Technical difficulties. I can't figure out what happened. So I'm trying to be really mindful this time while I'm recording to make sure that I don't miss anything (laughs) and that nothing gets screwed up. So fingers crossed, you guys. Fingers crossed. Anyway, this is episode 30. Four. Okay, episode 34. We have made it to episode 34. You know, my milestone is 50. And I will have made it to 50 before half the year is gone. So I am excited about that. I'm looking forward to that. And I am claiming that no more interruptions, no more mishaps. I'm going to make it to episode 50. <laughs> but all in all, guys, I hope you are well. I hope you are you are happy and on track to meet your goals in 2020, your 2020 goals. That's what we're working on all year, all year. And that will be the focus all year, making, making and meeting goals. You know, honestly, I've encountered, encountered some setbacks, you know, last week was one <laughs> and I almost felt defeated in some of the setbacks that I have suffered. I have suffered. Uh, I shouldn't say suffered, but encountered. You know, however, I did, I had to do some self-talk, you know, and to be even more transparent, the end of 2019 wasn't that great for me either. You know, I was going into 2020 knowing that my 2019 was not ending great and that I would encounter some difficulty in 2020. But all in all, I tried to keep a positive outlook and to stay motivated. That is the thing. Setbacks will happen, but it is up to us to to acknowledge the setback, to feel it and to move on. And that's what I'm trying to do. You know, this is the thing. I am trying to do things my way, not the way society and societal structures is telling to do things. So what comes along with that is a lot of difficulty sometimes. And that is a major part of what I'm dealing with. You know, I've been guilty of being being insane, so to speak. And what I mean by that is doing the same thing over and over again, justifying it in different ways, 
from time to time, but still expecting different results. I'm doing the same thing. And it's because I want to do it my way. But sometimes I'm, re- I'm realizing I have to tweak my way a little bit. I'm also very socially awkward and an introvert. So people sometimes, often have and do misunderstand my awkwardness as something else. Sometimes they mistake it as an attitude or being uppity or sedity, you know, not wanting to socialize. And as an introvert, I tend to observe people and their behavior. I analyze it because during these times, you know, I, you know, when I'm analyzing, I retreat, you know, because it's part of being an introvert. I, I gain my energy by being alone. I expel energy when I'm around a bunch of people in there and interact with people. And I think about things and then I tend to say, OK, I withdraw. So I'm thinking about the interaction I had with this person. And then I start to second guess the interaction that I had with the person. And so sometimes that messes up networking. Because I'm socially awkward in that way. So some things could have been avoided and turned out differently. But oh well, they happen. Um, I'm not going to say going forward that I will completely change. However, I must change some things. I know that. And I know I must change some things that don't benefit me. Or tweak them in a way that they do benefit me because I'm not going to change who I am. I am who I am and I like who I am for the most part, but I realize that I'm imperfect and I need to do some things differently and to be so set in my ways that I don't acknowledge that and change the things I need to change is just crazy. It's dumb. doesn't make sense. It's not going to help me be successful in the ways that I want to be successful and meet these goals that I have for myself in 2020. And so, guys, I say that because I want to encourage you to do the same. I want to encourage you to think about things that you're doing to set yourself back with meeting your goals that you have set for yourself in 2020. And think how, you know, I know sometimes we tell ourselves we don't have to change for people and all that stuff. And people, people need to accept me for who I am. But sometimes the things that we're doing is self-defeating or self-defeating. And I don't want us to be self-defeating. I want us to remain our true, unique selves But at the same time, make what's unique and interesting about us work for us and tweak it a little bit in ways that it works. And that's the difficulty finding out or figuring out the things that that are just truly you, how to make them work for you and work in your benefits and work for your good. So I, I, I wanted to share that I wanted to be, a, you know, a little more transparent with you guys because I don't, I'm, I'm naturally a private person. That is, that is, that is who I am. And so I want to share with y'all, like I said, I want to build that relationship with you, the, that community. I want us to have the community where we can share and encourage each other. So I want to encourage you while also encouraging myself. And so we can meet these goals that we have for ourselves in 2020 and we'll do it. Like I said, remember the theme for this is change your thinking. So we're going to have to change our thinking a little bit and and we'll make it. We got this. We got this. I refuse to have that self-defeating attitude. We have so much in store for us in 2020. And so let's get out there and get it. Okay, y'all, we have come to the segment that I like to call What's the Word? And if this is your first time listening to the podcast, this is how What's the Word goes. 
I will introduce to you a word that I don't normally hear or use in everyday vocabulary. I will share with you the meaning of the word and the spelling of the word. And then I will attempt to use the word correctly in a sentence. Okay, that's the kicker. I must use the word correctly in a sentence. We'll see how it goes. All right. This week's word is postprandial. Postprandial spelled P-O-S-T-P-R-A-N-D-I-A-L. Postprandial. It's an adjective and it means occurring after a meal. Okay, so here, here, here is my attempt at using the word correctly in a sentence. A postprandial slice of cake would be nice. A postprandial slice of cake would be nice. I, perhaps I could have used it and said a postprandial slice of cake after dinner would be nice. Maybe that's even better. Yeah. I think that works. <laughs> also, if you would like to share with me how you would like to use how you would use the word in a sentence, you can also tweet the podcast at SmartMouthScorp on Twitter. Use the hashtag. What's the word? OK, let's keep it moving, you guys. OK, world happenings. This time I just have one article for you guys, and I think it is a very important article that I share with you. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, what I typically do during this segment is I'll share some headlines that could be national, international, political, cultural or what have you news. I will share with you some key points from the article where I um, first saw the article and then I will add my commentary. OK, so here goes. Your body being used where prisoners who can't vote fill voting districts. I found this article on the on NPR.org. Okay. Okay. A few key points from the article. Since the first U.S. census in 1790, the federal government government has incarcerated people in the population counts has included incarcerated people in the population count counts of where they're in prison this technical detail of a little-known policy can have an outsized impact on prison towns across the U.S. for the next decade decade in many cases rural predominantly white towns see their population numbers boosted by population counts from prisons disproportionately made up made up of black and latinx people now it's the year of the census it's 2020 so you should be receiving something via mail via postal mail or people knocking at your door this year to get those to get to get some information from you some of you will and so this is what's what's happening here okay a few more key points in turn states which control how voting districts are drawn and local governments can use those numbers to form districts filled predominantly with people who are locked behind bars and cannot vote in almost all states Maine and Vermont are the only exceptions right they're the only two states that don't do this 
Officials in some prison towns have come up with creative ways to avoid forming voting districts made up primarily of prisoners, but in many others, political lines are drawn around prisons in a way that critics deride as prison gerrymandering meaning that in some of these places these people draw their districts in their voting districts so they can use the prison population to their benefit a recent study about pennsylvania state legislative districts by villanova university associate professors highlights the impact this process can have on the political voice of incarcerated people's home communities so essentially what is happening is these people that are incarcerated they're not actually voting or doing anything because they're un- they're not allowed to vote, but their bodies, predominantly black and Latinx bodies, are being used for the benefit of the cities, counties, states where they live, and they receive no positive benefit from this. Still, the issue of where to count prisoners for census numbers has been split largely along partisan lines. That's no surprise. Most supporters who want to change the way incarcerated the incarcerated are counted are Democrats, while Republicans generally want to keep things the way they are. That is not surprising at all. When at, <laughs> I'm not, I'll wait before I say that. In Connecticut, state officials are facing lawsuit a lawsuit filed by the NAACP after they used the 2010 census numbers counting prisoners where they're imprisoned to re, to redraw voting maps. And in Wisconsin, where around one in eight black men aged 64 and younger is behind bars. The highest incarceration rate for black men in the country, Democratic state law lawmakers introduced a bill in September that would relocate prisoner numbers for redistricting. Also, in Waupon, Wisconsin, a predominantly white town located northwest of Milwaukee, around one in four people is incarcerated. It is home to three state prisons including the facility where every adult male prisoner sentenced to Wisconsin prison prison system is processed. You know, my, my just a few key points for me that stand out for this is that prisoners' bodies are included in the population count without receipt of any benefits, right? Black bodies, again, are being used again for the benefit of the oppressor. This is nothing new. Remember that black men were imprisoned in large numbers after emancipation and were used, outsourced as free labor to plantation owners. Remember that? So essentially they were enslaved again. So this is the same. This is in the same vein. They are imprisoned in large numbers and work for cents on the on on the dollar and privatized prisons, where the prisoner, the prison owners receive the profit from those prisoners' labors, and the counties and cities where they are imprisoned, 
not the cities where they reside, count them as part of the population so as to receive political, financial, and other benefits of which the prisoners receive none of the positive benefits of that because they're not allowed to vote in the cities where they will go back to once they're released from prison. Their bodies and their beings are being counted and used for the for the cities of which they are in prison. Does that make sense? Is that fair? These are the things that are going on in our world and we're and we don't know it because we just assume that they're prisoners. What rights do they have? They gave up all their rights and blah blah this and that and the other. Oh even if that were true, does that mean that the 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 politicians should receive benefit of their of their labor, of their bodies? Should their bodies be used for the benefit of 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 politicians? Is that what we're saying? I'm just saying no matter which way you look at this, this isn't right and we have to pay attention. And this and this is the reason that I share articles or headlines is because some of the stuff we hear so much and see so much on the daily, on the internet, via social media, on the news or what have you, that sometimes we, we miss some of the other things too. And we miss, we miss some of the important things. And I just wanted to share this with you that... We got to, we got to be careful. We got to look out and keep our eyes out on things. So we're in the know, whether we agree or disagree with things that are happening. I just want to make sure that we're in the know. Okay. We have reached my segment called the smart enough segment. Smart enough, smart enough. Ooh, smart enough, smart enough. Told y'all I cannot sing. That was my best impression of it. Take it and love it. And be glad. <laughs> Not that you asked for it, but I gave it to you anyway. But anyway, we have reached the Smart Knob segment, you guys. And in this this week's Smart Knob segment, I wanted to talk about waiting on others. And the reason I say that, the reason I want to talk about this is because this is no shade to anybody. I'm not shading anybody. This is just experience that I have had over and over again. And I just want to talk about it. I have, with being an introvert, as I spoke of earlier, I rely heavily on self or not collaborating with people a lot because what tends to happen is that I'll be ready to do something I'll have something set I have a deadline set and I need it to work that way I'm an organized person meaning I need things to work a certain type of way in order for me to see it through and if it doesn't happen that way it throws it off because usually I have something scheduled to follow up with that I had a project recently that I was working on and I was collaborating with someone. This person has a really busy schedule. I knew that when I didn't, I, I knew this when I agreed to work with the person on this or the person, you know, volunteered to, to help me out. And I was like, okay, great. I was surprised that the person volunteered to help me out because I was like, okay, I know this person is really busy. 
well the person did and it was just hard to connect with the person on a level where it could be consistent whenever I would communicate with the person it felt like I was rushing to communicate and to because I knew the person's time was limited and so then I would wait for things I was asking for things and I would have to wait until the person got time enough to get it to me until they finished their own things their own projects and then they would get things to me and then that was it was causing me to fall behind on some of the scheduling that I had done. I have to be careful with my scheduling because it is I have to be almost the minute with things that I do because of of other things that is that are happening in my life right now. And so I had to essentially say, okay, well, we can't work together right now in the same capacity that we were, but I would still like to work with you in some aspect when you get time. Maybe we can work together every now and then instead of consistently, and that would be great. That is no shade to the person. What I'm saying is that sometimes we as people have to realize that sometimes Waiting on people to do things is, isn't going to benefit us in the way that we would like in the end. Now, maybe what I was working on or working with would have been better with the other person on board. However, I couldn't put my plans on hold for that. And I was falling behind in other things. What I'm saying is if something does and when this person agreed to do it to help me, I was excited, but I was apprehensive, but I let the excitement overtake the apprehension. And the reason I was apprehensive is because I knew the person was busy and I was like, this is probably not going to work. And I didn't want to burn a relationship in that way. A, a working relationship, a potential business, really good business relationship. And I was scared to just say, no, it's not going to work. Didn't want to burn the relationship. I wanted to keep the relationship. And, and I was apprehensive about saying something. And we often do that. We put ourselves in situations where we want to collaborate with people and work with people. But we end up waiting on someone else and if you're the person that's making somebody wait don't do that to someone if you know you can't fulfill the obligation just say hey it's going to be really hard I would love to work with you but it's going to be really hard for me to meet the timelines that you have perhaps we can work on something else or maybe we can do this instead of this or maybe I can work with you sometimes instead of all the time but if you know that you're not good at waiting and that you're not a patient person and that waiting will throw something off for you then you have to be honest I think the person appreciates honesty so much more than you having an attitude or you being upset about it and if you're seeing in the beginning that something is not going the way that you need it to go and that you're continuing to get things done in your manner in the way that you want and on time and that you're holding off on doing stuff because you're waiting on the other person, then that's a problem. That's a problem for you. I found myself not doing certain things. Like I would say, okay, I'm going to send this, but I knew I wouldn't get a response back. So I didn't send it sometimes. Do you know what I mean? And so it caused, it, it didn't cause it. 
the person understood when I eventually said, hey, I have to do what I have to do. And I hope we can work together sometime in the future. And they were great about it. If you find yourself waiting because the person doesn't see things as urgently as you do, then take a step, then just talk to the person and maybe you can work it out. You never know. You never know, but don't put yourself in a position where you're hurting yourself. Speak up for yourself, but do it respectfully and kindly, and I'm sure the person will understand. Okay, this week's Read Me highlight is the book, The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander. I think I think it's all the way appropriate to recommend this book, giving what we've talked about today, the article we've talked about. And I think it is very is still very relevant. I don't think much has been done in the way of prison reform and things of that nature, not as much as could be. I know it's a slow process. And so I think some of us are not quite aware of what's really going on. And you could be out of the loop. Or just maybe it doesn't affect you and your family in the same way it affects others. But I think this book um, will carry you through from uh, slavery up until present day. I think this book will give will give you an idea of what has been happening over the years to black men and with the prison system from emancipation on. It will give you a little insight into before emancipation, but it really starts at emancipation. You'll get a gist of what you'll get a more in-depth view of what's going on and how black men bodies are not respected and their beings are not respected and valued in this country other than for a source a source of labor and labor only for the benefit of the oppressor okay this book does not detail the the plight of women being in prison especially black women that's a whole nother book i don't know if there's a book out there like it but i'm quite sure there is and so um once i find that book i will be sharing that book as well if i believe it is a valuable and worthy book in that manner okay All right, y'all, we have made it to the throw it back segment, my favorite segment of the podcast of all the segments that I have. I like all the segments, but I think this is the most fun segment and it is a throw it back segment. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, what happens in this segment is that I will share with you a a movie. I'll give you a few few clues from a movie that has a predominantly black cast that was created before the year 2005. I will share the year was created, um, a few people who started in the movie and maybe a quote from the movie. Okay. Okay. So last week's, Um, well, not last week, but episode 33's clues were, I didn't give as many clues for that one, but I'll share with you what I did. The clues were the movie came out in 1992 and the quote was, why don't you just tell her the truth? Tell her you're going to use her. Then you're going to dump her like you did me. That movie was Boomerang. (laughs) Yes, Boomerang starring Eddie Murphy, Robin Givens, Halle Berry, Eartha Kitt, Tisha Campbell, 
and so many more. Grace Jones, Martin Lawrence, David Allen Greer, Chris Rock was in the mood. So many stars. So many stars were in this movie. So many. I love this movie. It is. I, if you haven't seen it, you should see it. It comes on BET a lot. <laughs> I have seen it more times than I can count. And I watch it every time because it, it continues to be funny. John Witherspoon was in this movie, B.B. Drake. And that is where he has an, John has an iconic scenes in this movie where he where he says the bang, bang, bang. And where he says um, he has to coordinate all that stuff so if you haven't seen the movie check out the movie as a matter of fact let me know your favorite scene from the movie boomerang let me know one of your favorite lines from the movie boomerang like i said you could email me not email <laughs> you can tweet the podcast at smart mouth scorp on twitter okay but let's get into this week's throw it back Okay, you ready for the clues? And excuse all the mouth noise. I know it's a lot. Please excuse the mouth noise. My apologies. But this movie came out in 1997. It stars Vanessa L. Williams, Vivica A. Fox, and Nia Long. And here's the quote. Oh, fuck the family. I left the family in my house. And you know what happened? The family fucked my husband. I know you know this movie. I know you know it. I know you know it. If you know it, tweet the podcast or put it under the post for this episode on Instagram. You can follow the the Instagram account for this podcast at Smart Corp. You can also email the podcast at smartmouthscorpiopodcast gmail.com. I hope you all enjoyed the episode. I I hope it was enjoyable. You know, just fun. I try to have fun with this, along with a little fun, a little seriousness, all mixed in there together. But I enjoyed you. I am glad to be back. And again, my apologies for missing last week. And I know I keep saying it because it did bother me to miss it. But it wasn't my fault. It was this program's fault. I guess I don't know what happened. Anyway, it didn't save it last week, but hopefully it saves this episode because I want to make sure that I get it out to you guys and I want to connect with you guys. And I thank you so much for listening. And until next time, beautiful people.